Galloway. And I'm Tracy Galloway. Welcome to our podcast, 36 Questions. This is an unscripted show where we candidly and spontaneously answer 36 questions that lead to love. Now, these 36 questions were invented by psychologist Arthur Aaron, who created this exercise to help people be vulnerable in order to foster closeness and intimacy. We have been married 26 years and have four almost grown children together. We've both been in Christian leadership for almost 30 years now. I've been a pastor, you've been a pastor, and we've both been student pastors. And I lead right now a nonprofit organization that does outreach to people experiencing homelessness. You know, our hope is that as we dig deep into each other's lives, that you will be inspired to find more intimacy and authenticity in your own relationships. Let's dive in. We're back. 36 questions. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us today. Great to be with you yet again. Yes. I told Juan, I think it's important that we up the volume on the podcast because... Pump up the volume. Yeah. Pump it up. Because I was trying to cook dinner and with Mm. the noise of the sizzling, whatever was sizzling meat and uh, the noise of the kids, it was Mm -hmm. almost impossible to hear the podcast, at least on my Alexa dot. Heavens to Betsy. So... (laughs) Okay. We're going to crank it up then, or at least I'm going to try. So you can let us know how it works. the listener can be the judge. Oh, and you know how you can let us know is I finally, (laughs) like way later, it's like half a year into the podcast, started um, a Facebook page for our podcast. We're famous. It only has, I think, six likes so far. Because I just started it and didn't really share it. But uh, yeah, so if you go to Facebook, just look up, search 36 questions. You'll see a picture of Tracy and I and it says 36 questions or across the photo. And uh, yeah, like us. Be a part of the Cool Kids Club. The reason for doing it really is just to have a place where all of our podcasts are listed. Because some people have a hard time i.k.a. older people finding a podcast, listening to a podcast. But maybe watching a podcast. (laughs) Watching. <laughs> so Tuning that way on their TV we just will post all of our shows on there if people want to listen to other ones or go back it's just an easy way to do it for people who are not podcast savvy right this has been a good week i'm on vacation yay staycation hashtag staycation yes yes every where i work just to be unnamed at the end of August we take two weeks off every year which is awesome yeah the whole place shuts down but really it's because they do a mobile outreach and I guess you guys need time to repair the vans and the buses and get them all worked on we need time to repair ourselves hello (laughs) need a break okay Uh, so yeah we've just been having fun I mean we went to the Jersey Shore well We live by the Jersey Shore, so we go for the day. This is really the first year, as long as I can remember, that we haven't taken a vacation where we leave um, to sort of save money. Right, but we've been having fun. We played miniature golf, recording podcasts, reading books together. Mm -hmm. We're actually reading a book that is kind of like a little... uh, reflection on our first episode where we talked about who we wanted to sit down with for dinner and Mm. your answer was 
William Booth. <laughs> <laughs> and Catherine too. They're the ones who started the Salvation Army. So yes. I happen to have this little book series for my kids. It's uh, Heroes of the Faith. When they were younger, I think it was whenever it was homeschooled. And then I don't think the boys ever read them. They probably should. But it has every person who's... The little bios. Yeah, little bio books the of famous, uh, people. famous people who've impacted the world, you right. know, in ministry. Uh, so... Of course, there's one for William and Catherine Booth who started the Salvation Army. So we were reading a chapter of that this morning, which I like reading with you because it kind of inspires me as they were back in the 1850s, really working together as a couple um, together, which was sort of rare. Yeah. And they didn't even have 36 questions to ask each other either. They just had to get along all by themselves. (laughs) So you have this great podcast to go through with us. Um, anyway, so do please check out our, our Facebook page. And by the way, here's a big incentive. Oh boy. Uh, if you like our page and if you write a review of 36 questions, like on iTunes, uh, and also if you subscribe, of course, you become eligible to win a book. It's called one question a day for you and me, a three year journal, daily reflections for couples. This book is the best ever. You can, it will last for three whole years. <laughs> Talk about getting the bang for your buck. And because we have such a low listener <laughs> amount of people, your chance of winning is really high. I mean, forget Vegas. If you want good odds, <laughs> please subscribe, review, uh, and like our Facebook page. And I think they're supposed to hashtag. You no, win no, this. no, no, no. Subscribe. You got a hashtag. Okay, here, hold on. Let's do it again. You subscribe to the podcast, yes. review Done. the podcast, Done. then share the podcast. Done. You can share it on Instagram, oh, yeah, share, share it on it. Facebook. Regardless, you should hashtag right. our Facebook page, 36 questions. Right. That way we know you did it and we can contact you privately, get your address and mail you the book. We'll be announcing the winner probably in about a week or two. It's coming up. So you only have a week or two to do this. There's so many out there waiting with bated breath. Uh-huh. And if to you're see listening, who's win. if you're listening in October of mm-hmm. 2019 yeah. or past that, like maybe you're listening in February of 2076, I right. don't know, right. but it's too late. Oh man. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see who wins. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> All right. So, um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give the question of the week. We are on question number 12. Question 12 is, if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, Tracy, what would it be? If I could wake up tomorrow having gained any quality or ability what would it be this reminds me of the little book box of questions you make us read at the dinner table and it says if you could have any like superhero power power. what would you have you know i mean i could list a superhero power in that and maybe you'll do that since you are such a superhero fan Mm -hmm. but for me um mine is going to be completely fleshly non-spiritual oh, wow like it's gonna make me look bad but i dark tracy am committed to being sincere and open with this process oh, so okay 
on one hand, I feel like certain parts of me, I feel super strong, like awesome. Like yeah. um, who I am as a person, I feel like I'm grounded, strong. I know who I am. I know what I'm about. Who I am mentally, now that I've been healed um, from the sickness that mm-hmm. I suffered with for so long, I feel mentally sharp. I feel smart. Mm-hmm. Um, like inside, everything inside, right. I feel like is like rocking it. You know what I mean? Like just strong. Don't take my photo because my hair is wet. <laughs> I wanted it to be candid. No. And it is candid because your hand's in front of your face. But my hair is wet. Well, our podcast listeners didn't know that until now. Okay. So anyway, I just feel like on the inside, yes. I have so many great qualities of who I am, who I believe I am, what I can do. Mm-hmm. On the outside, though, it seems to be deteriorating rapidly <laughs> as I get older. Therefore, my fleshly, uh, non-spiritual, selfish response would be that I could look as good on the outside that I feel on the inside, you know? Mm-hmm. Because now that I'm, how old am I? 46? 47? I don't know. You're 46. I guess my mind isn't that sharp. Guess not. But I think now that I'm getting older, and also because I was bedridden for a year, mm-hmm. I gained a lot of weight during that time. My dream, if I could just wake up tomorrow, would be that I would be slim, okay, fit, and I could go out and just go for a run. Like I could just get up and go running. Mm. Like I get up and go walking in the morning. Yeah. Six, seven a.m. I'm out there walking on the hills, exercising. Yeah. But I wish I could just like put on running shoes and just run and be slim enough to where I could run mm-hmm. and be super healthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm healthy, but you know what I mean? Like physically on the outside. Like I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, who is that person? Because on the inside, I'm like, wow, awesome. But on the outside, I'm like, ooh, yuck. (laughs) You know? So you're struggling with vanity then. Vanity. It's total vanity. Mm. Which, is that a sin? Kind of. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. I don't know. We all care about how we look, though. I mean, that's the truth. Well, I I try not to care about the way I look. I don't think it's a sin to care about how you look. I mean, that's why we... Try to dress the way we want to look and get our hair cut the way we want to look. And what's the big deal? It's just when that becomes the obsession, I guess, and an idol. Yeah. And I'm not obsessed. It's not an idol. I go out and I just accept the way I am. I just love myself the way I am. I accept the way I am. But if I could make a change, Mm -hmm. any change, it would be that the outside would reflect what's going on in the inside Mm. better. And uh, yeah. I don't know. It's I, I, Honestly, to say this is really hard because I would say this is my uh, weakest point mm-hmm. in, in my character is that I wish I didn't look the way I looked. I think you look nice. Oh, you always doll up. <laughs> you got on makeup right now, even though no one can see you on the podcast. Well, we're going to New York City later today to meet up with a friend. So we're going to Soho because <laughs> we're cool. Did my makeup. Yeah. Got dressed. But... You know what I mean, right? Do you, can you respond to that? Like, what do you do? You notice that in me, or do you see that struggle that I? Because really, that's my 
that's my struggle. And I, I, I really want to be completely delivered of it. But and yeah. I feel like I have victory in a lot of areas. It's like I'm walking around insecure. Well, I'm not. You don't like talk about it all the time and mope around about it or complain. So I'd say it's not like a big deal. Or at least you don't make a big deal of it. I don't. So I don't talk good. about it. It's good. But deep in my heart, like deep down, mm-hmm. I'm disappointed. Mm. I don't know if it's because I'm from Dallas, Texas, where the way you look is really highly valued much more than I think where we live now. And there's this level of perfection that is much higher than we have here where we live in this culture. And so maybe it's from my upbringing, this level of perfection that I can't really attain just because of <laughs> I am where I mean and hey I'm thankful I mean I could have like a big birthmark on my face or a cleft lip or you know or have a disability or you know like I mean it's so vain it's really I'm a horrible person <laughs> this confirms it <laughs> You're not horrible. We all have stuff we wish we could change about ourselves. So Yeah. And please don't send me diet information or whatever because you have no idea. Especially if you're a a um if you're a uh what do you call it? A network marketing network, diet. If you're a person. network work marketer, God bless you. We love you. Uh, I have many friends who are into that. Not interested. Just pass. It's I mean, because I already eat I mean I follow that that lose it app. And I already eat below, way below what I'm supposed to eat every day. It doesn't, it still doesn't work. It's just, it's partially my. You know what you need to do? Just rub some essential oils on yourself. (laughs) And um, you'll smell good. And then that's a good feeling. When I was at my thinnest point, which would be heavy for someone else. But for me, I was happy. I was pleasantly plump at my thinnest point. Uh I was working out two to three hours a day every day at the gym and juicing vegetables for one meal a day and not eating much. And even then, I was like 200 pounds. Mm. So it takes a lot of hard work for me just to be 200 pounds. Anyway, it's kind of sad. But you know what I always say? I say XL stands for extra lovely. That's right. More to love. I try not to be extra, (laughs) extra lovely because that would be a little too much. And... I try to say, hey, you know what? If this is what God has given me to work with and I'm trying to be healthy, maybe God's made me this way just so that I can show other women who are not the perfect size six or whatever that you can be larger and still be a strong, amazing, awesome woman of God. Right. And I do want to say, and I'll end with this, that I really appreciate you because you never complain about the way I look and you always compliment me really every day about being beautiful or cute or sexy or wonderful and you never give me a hard time you've always been really sweet to me and so I really appreciate that okay well you're welcome I just happen to like you a whole lot you're my favorite person all right well um so that's what I would change that's cool. And before you answer, yes, we have a book review. Book of the week. Well, I hate to keep talking, 
but I will. And <laughs> the next, the book I want to recommend is called How to Change the World, Social Entrepreneurs and the Power of New Ideas, Updated Edition by David Bornstein. I think that's how you pronounce it. And uh, I actually bought this for my son, Connor, because he's doing this Summer of Becoming a Man. And maybe you can kind of talk about the Summer of Becoming a Man, and then I can explain what the book's about. Yeah, so it's something like a ritual we um, created. Maybe in other cultures they have rituals where they have to go out in the wilderness, kill a bear with their bare hands, something to become a man. Anyway, for us, we created a list of things that our sons could do to mark a turning point from boyhood to manhood and to help mark it like you did it, you know. And so it's it's cool stuff. Like uh, the other day we helped, I taught Connor how to change a tire on his car. And last night he had to make us a meal. And a healthy meal. A healthy meal. And so there's all these things they have to do. I think he had to do a construction project. He fixed our mailbox, which had basically rotted and fallen over. He had to go to Home Depot and get the wood and cut it and drill and dig it Mixed do a post concrete, hole. all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. So anyway, it's a whole list of stuff. And, and then at the conclusion of the summer of becoming a man, after checking off the list of all the, the assignments, learning the tasks, how to drive a stick shift. That's right. I taught him how to drive stick. If he does all that, he receive an official certificate, okay, that is certified it's official. by me and printed on my printer, and we reframe it and sign it, and it's just notes he became a man. And then he also gets some, like, symbolic presents, right. like his brother got a machete, like to be a warrior, you know, case of the zombie invasion, uh, a toolkit in order to fix things, be a fixer, and... Oh, he got a Bible with his name like printed on it, you know, engraved in gold, old school style. And uh, anyway, so that's what we're doing with Connor. And we do a ceremony at Washington Rock, which is this beautiful high point in New Jersey that overlooks. Uh, Overlooking the battlefield. <laughs> I guess it's where George Washington used to stand and watch the British troops and uh, keep mark on them. Anyway, we go there and do a special ceremony. And uh, so he's almost done. I think he only has like two more things left to do. Yeah. And one of them, I actually thought about reading this book as part of his summer of becoming a man. But as we were reading it, I realized it's a little, it's kind of college level, meaning I'm not sure if he totally is ready for it um, quite yet. Like maybe a year or two, he'd be ready to read this book. But I think... The, the level of reading might be a little bit much yeah, for him. This guy, his last book, it was a finalist for the New York Public Library Book Award for Excellence in Journalism. I mean, this is pretty heady yeah. stuff. It's heavy reading, but it's really good. So each chapter highlights a different person and how they did something to really change the world, which, of course, we've mentioned many times on this podcast. But, for example, one of them was a woman in Africa. And in Africa, the way they teach is they do repeating, like 
they just repeat facts, repeat information. And maybe it's because they don't have the paper and the pens and the information needed to do question and answers, but they just do oral repeating. But the kids were not really getting the level of education that they needed to to go on to college level, especially in the States or in Europe. And so this woman brought over a new way of teaching and a certain uh, Catholic school allowed her to use that method of teaching. And it was so effective and all the kids ended up going to college that they repeated it throughout the country to where the whole country changed the way they teach their kids. And therefore, the whole country of kids is going to higher levels of education and it's impacting the entire country in a massive way. That's one chapter. Another chapter is a gentleman who's in South America and he was raised on a farm where there's no electricity. Mm. And it was interesting to learn that 30% of the people in the world have no electricity. None. Mm. And then so therefore they have no internet, they have no uh, news, they have no uh, pumps for their water. Uh, And so the farmers have a hard time. You're getting crops if they don't have the pumps they need to get water where they need it to go. And so they live in this poverty. And so his idea was to create a way to bring electricity to the rural farmers and to the many millions of people who don't have electricity in a less expensive way. And he developed it, and it worked. But then the country had all this weird politics, and the people who were in charge of electricity didn't want to give up power. And it took like 10 or 20 years for him to get the electricity out. And then now he's doing solar power, of course. But he literally brought electricity to millions of people. And so, you know, he's someone, just one guy, who changed the life of just millions of people it's just incredible so and mother Teresa is one of them (laughs) you know and how she influenced people and so there's it's in but she's the only one I've heard of the rest of them are people I've never heard of who've done oh no 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 it's not mother Teresa I'm sorry Florence Nightingale it's Florence Nightingale you told me yeah um how she changed the whole she really created nursing before her there was there was no nursing it was something else and she created nursing and how that impacted the entire world. And she's just one person. So that was really cool. So the book is called How to Change the World, Social Entrepreneurs and the Power of New Ideas by David Bornstein. And I have to say, reading this book has made me feel, it's kind of given me faith that maybe there's something I can do that wouldn't just impact a family or a few people or a hundred people. Maybe there's something in my life I could do or my kids could do that could impact massive amounts of people for good. Hmm. I'm not sure what that is yet, but I'm praying about it. All right. Well, think about that idea and then take it to Shark Tank and <laughs> and then go around the world helping people. Shark Tank. That's good stuff. <laughs> All right. Thank you for your great recommendation for Book of the Week. back well so we we again to repeat the question we're on question 12 of 36 questions and the question is if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability what would it be so i've thought about this and uh i feel like my answer feels like the most generic Christian Sunday school answer on earth, which is like Jesus. Uh, yeah, 
I feel like if I could love people the way Jesus loved, that would be the quality or ability. There is no higher thing, you know? That's what I would want. I would want every person I meet to look into their eyes, look into their soul, not judge them by the outward appearance, not think of what can I get from them, not think of how can I make myself look good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Every human frailty known to man, part all of that and love them 100% completely for who they are, see the beauty in them, see the potential in them, see maybe um, what's wonderful and what I could encourage and build up and make, you know, um, make more, I don't know, just help people. Okay. Now, this answer is very nice. Yes, I know. It's boring. No, it's not that it's boring. And you should turn your phone off. It keeps making noises. Yeah. It's not that. It's that I feel like you already do that. And we're, we're supposed to list something that we don't already have. No, I don't. I can't do that. I think you already do. I think you already love people where they're at. You try to help them. You listen to them. You care about them sincerely. I just think you already do that on so many levels within our family, without our family, at work. I, I, I just think you're listing something you already, maybe you feel is important no. and you value, so you no, already no. do it. It's, a, it's another level. It's on another plane. Well, what's the other level? It's being like Jesus. Like how I mean, I fall, I fall so short. Well, so. how, okay, how is it that you fall short now <clears throat> and how is it you do it differently? Because I don't see the, I don't see it any different than what you already do. If I could love people the way Jesus loved people, I would change the whole world. Like I would be able to um, have a massive like influence the way Jesus did upon the culture, upon the people, uh, upon um those who are thought to be, it's like mother Teresa is a great example. Okay. She's famous for helping the nobodies, like literally people who are dying on the streets of India. Nobody cared about them. Nobody thought there, there was a caste system. So nobody thought they were important or worth helping. Mm -hmm. And yet this was her divine calling and she was going to do it. And it was super hard. And you know what? It rippled around the world, you know, right? because she, and it's like she became someone the whole world wanted to emulate because she looked like Jesus. That's why. It's not good who she was. It's because she pursued Jesus. She loved Jesus with a passion and loved people the way Jesus loved them. But you already do that. Yeah. Well, that's nice wife. <laughs> but I, I know. Anyway. I want to ask again. Is there something that you don't do that you don't have, even if it's a superpower or whatever? Is there something that's missing that you don't have that you would want? Like, what's the question again? Read it again. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? So what's a quality or ability that you don't do or you don't have? I'm terrible with numbers. <laughs> Atrocious. I can add, I can multiply, I can divide. I can use the percentage calculator online, the free percentage calculator. Um, but yeah, I despise math. I, I mean, my eyes glaze over. My brain starts turning off almost immediately. Um, so it's, 
it's not like I'm an accountant or something. I don't, you know, it doesn't yeah. really hinder my life. That's I, why you hire people that are really great. Well, yeah, that. I have people on my team who are brilliant and I just lean on them and I look at everything they show me and they explain it and I'm like, looks good, you know, and, uh, you know, checks and balances, et cetera. But, um, yeah. So you'd want to be able to understand that stuff. See, I wouldn't even want to. You'd be like, ah. Well, I guess I, if I if I could be more well-rounded, yeah, it's you true. know, and be like really good at that, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Like our son, Corbin. Yeah. Going to school for accounting. Yeah. He's a numbers guy. He's a numbers guy. He is so thrifty, that kid. He just watches every single penny. We do too. We're pretty thrifty ourselves. Well, but he takes from necessity, we level. had to be frugal. <laughs> we were in ministry. But I remember even when he was little, he would just uh, like, oh, like, what do you want for your birthday, Corbin? He's like, oh, I don't need anything. I'm okay. I have everything I need. <laughs> <laughs> even as a little kid. And I was yeah. like, really? He would, he would also say, gosh, it's getting late. I should go to bed. Like at nine o'clock. Oh, it's nine. I need to go to bed. It's getting late. Or like, Corbin wants some candy. Oh, let me, oh, it's too close to bedtime. I shouldn't be eating candy. <laughs> I'm like, who are you? You know, his teacher, his fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Schultz, would love her. She's so sweet. She'd say he was an old soul. An old soul. Yeah. Oh, we need people like Corbin in the world to keep things in order and yeah. to be conservative, keep keep things in check. Yeah, you know? he's extremely um, uh, trustworthy. Yes. Which is perfect for someone who wants to be an accountant. Yes. Right? He just left yesterday to go back to school at Florida at Southeastern University. It's a school in Lakeland, and we're going to miss him, but he'll be there this semester. And then he comes back, and he's thinking of doing Youth with a Mission, maybe in Germany to work with refugees next YWAM. semester. YWAM. Yeah. YWAM.org. Check it out. Very cool. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's it for today. Is there anything else you want to talk about with me? <laughs> I talk with you all day, all the time. I could never get enough talking with you. Don't talk like that. You're being sarcastic. No, I'm not. That's what I do. I'm on vacation. What do I do? We are together all day, every day. It's great. I'm like retired early for two weeks. Yeah, for two weeks. <laughs> well, I guess we need to wrap it up. We're going to the city to meet with our friend Sean Small. He's the director of Wonder Voyage which is a organization that hosts pilgrimages around the world. And he's also an author and mm-hmm. a documentarian. Yes. And I think he's working on a documentary in New York City. Something. Right. So we're excited to have dinner with him. He's a sweet guy. We've known him since we were kids in youth group back in Dallas, Texas, back in the day. In fact, I have a funny picture of you and Sean where you're both leaning forward into the camera holding a huge Bible, two Bibles, like, giving them heaven. Hey, we started young in ministry, and we're still going. Yeah, yeah, in our old age. That's right. Well, thanks, Tracy, for hanging out with me for episode 12. And uh, stay tuned for next next time. We're going to have episode 13. Don't forget, by the way, to go to our new Facebook page, like it, subscribe, review, hashtag, all the above. Maybe you can win this. This groovy book. 
Yeah. One question a day for you and me, a three-year journal, daily reflections for couples. Yep. All right. See you next time. Bye.